Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice Show, building the collective conscious. Show that's created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens. Good morning, Miss Doreen. Glad that you could chime in on this Sunday morning. I'm in the One Mic studio. As always, trying to do my thing, trying to have this conversation, man, it is, wow, we got a lot going on. I know we keep saying we have a lot going on, but it's not a misstatement. It's not a misstatement. We've had a transfer of power. It wasn't peaceful, um, but we got there, right? (laughs) We definitely got there. Today's. Today's podcast is titled Unity or Results. You know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, not so much by President Biden. It's, it's, it feels good to say President Biden versus President Trump. I tried not to say his name that much, and I think I had a tip jar that got a lot of money, and I probably can buy some things now. But um, President Biden has called for unity. Now, um, the shocking thing about all of this is uh, Republicans, (laughs) I call it for unity. The mega folks, the uh, make America great again, to take us back to a time when, um, what, we didn't have uh, equal rights or equity or social justice or you know, take us back to that slavery, that Jim Crow, that mass incarceration, that uh, separate but equal. I don't, I don't know what, what, what time uh, they wanted to take us back to, but it wasn't good for everybody. And so those people, good morning, Linda, those people who, who, uh, who ascertain now that we should come together as a country because you're lost, because you're not in power, because now unity benefits you because in unity you get you get your voice heard you're not cut out the conversation you're not our society you're part of the assembly of citizenry and so now you call for unity now your outrage is saying that this impeachment will further divide the country but you didn't care 2 weeks ago you didn't care when folks were storming the Capitol, all you cared about was your life. You didn't care what brought them there. I mean, this right here, <laughs> I mean, it's laughable for those on the other side, for the opposition, because they are the opposition. I'm not saying that they're all bad people, but I'm saying they're in the opposition movement to take America back to some sort of a fantasy in which they believe that America was great. But now you want unity. Now you want us to come together, especially those Republicans that tried to deny minority votes. They just went after the counties where black folks voted at. But now you want unity. 
Good afternoon, Lisa. Now you want unity. It's nice when folks come up and say hello, man. That feels good. I feel like sometimes I'm I'm talking to myself, I'm preaching to myself, but that's okay. Sometimes we need to encourage ourselves, right? So listen, this idea of unity. Oh man, it it's uh I, I that should even be in our conversation, but hold on, I'm getting too I'm too getting too far ahead of ourselves. Unity or results. Should our energy be put toward uniting this country or getting results that change this country? I want you to really think about that. Where cuz cuz folks, we're looking at a limited amount of time. In 2 years is another election. The Senate could be gone. The House could be gone. I mean, this is what happened under President Obama. The idea of reaching across the aisle now, folks, I, I don't, again, I'm not one, I'm not against compromise. I'm not against trying to work with someone that disagrees with you. Matter of fact, that is the essence of a democracy. But like I said, you've heard me say many times, in order to compromise or have a conversation, enter in a conversation about compromise, you have to agree on a certain set of facts. And if you don't agree that these facts are in reality, if I'm on Earth 1 and you on Earth 2, how can we possibly compromise and come together and unite? I mean, the good book says unless two agree, they can't walk together. I mean, that's a good book. So what I'm trying to say, should our energy, should our energy, given the fact that we have a limited time, right, should our energy be on trying to convince those who completely disagree Completely disagree. Should we, our energy be put toward trying to unify with those? Unity is this, the state of fact of being united or combined in one. As a parts of a whole, unification. Do we truly believe, would we argue today that it is possible to unite Trump supporters, the most ardent Trump supporters, with the rest of us. Would we, in good conscience, could we say that's possible? Um, the critical questions that we must ask ourselves, there's several critical questions. Number one, I said, is this possible? Eliza says, there is nothing worse than a politician who tries to charm his way into the black community to get a vote. What is your thoughts? Well, they've been doing that for generations. They've been giving us the carrot stick for generations. We've been chasing the carrot. We've been, every now and then we get a bite and it speeds up on us. So that's why, I mean, you're hitting at the heart of this podcast because it's, it's not about words. It's about results. Folks, you have to be convinced that, that we, we, don't, we don't want the rhetoric. We've heard it all before. There's nothing new you can say to black and brown communities that we have not heard before. As a matter of fact, I would even say there's nothing that we can say to our leadership that they have not heard before. So, no, it is all about results. President, President Biden would not be in office without the black vote. The Democrats would not have the Senate without the black vote. 
They are obligated, in my opinion, to prioritize black and brown people. Why? Because we put you there. You wouldn't have got there. Statistically, it was impossible for Biden to win. It was impossible for us to get the first female vice president without black people. So it's all about actions. Critical question number one, is this unification possible? When we live in, let me just lay out for you the challenge of unification. See, I want to put things to rest. Because when we continue to play in this sandbox, that's what it is. It's playtime. When we continue to play in this sandbox, thank you, Doreen. Yes, that's true. When we continue to play in this sandbox, you know what? Folks are still in their silos. You still have liberal media and conservative media. This corporate media when it comes to MSNBC or CNN or Fox News or Newsmax, it's, it's, it's in silos. And then the ideologies on top of that. We don't even see the world the same. We see the world differently. We understand the world differently. We believe in solving the world's problems, especially our national problems and local problems differently. I'm talking about the opposition in us. Okay, is it possible? Look at social media. Look at the rancor that's on social media. Look look at how people have people have just demonize one side or the other. Is this unification even possible? What about the ongoing racism? When people won't even acknowledge that racism is a thing and people won't even acknowledge that social justice should be a priority. Not to mention white nationalism and white supremacy. White supremacy. Can we unify with white supremacists? When their ideology simply says that someone that looks like me shouldn't even be in this country, when they, when they don't even acknowledge my humanity or the humanity of Jews or the humanity or, or of, of the LGBTQ community, can we unify with that? Maybe they, maybe Biden, President Biden means something different. Well, he needs to quantify that. He needs to come out and say, look, this is what I'm talking about, unifying those who think like us and those who believe in the uh, equality of humanity. I don't know. But when I hear we need to unify as a country, that includes the white nationalists and the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, the ones that say Jews will not replace us, the one that took uh, Heather Heyer's life, I don't, I, I don't, I, I, is it, is it, is it, is it possible? Number two, what does this unity look like? Mm. Folks, we have never had unity in this country. That's the first premise we need to grasp. We have never, ever had unity in this country. Was it unified during slavery? 
Y'all, 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 y'all hear me all the time riddle these things off because it's in chronological order. Was the Univide doing convict leasing? What about separate but equal? Jim Crow, was we unified then? What about doing the civil rights movement? Were we unified then? Um, what about in, in, in the modern era of mass incarceration? Are, are we unified? What about when they took the land from the from the native peoples, were we unified? What about why, why, when, when they tried to do Indian enculturation, when they took Indian kids and put them in these schools and ripped them of their language and their culture, were we unified? What about when they put the Japanese in internment camps, were we unified? We have to first face the truth. And the truth is we have never been unified. So what people are calling for is something new. Something we have not experienced. Matter of fact, I'll say to a great degree, something that we don't even know how to get to. So, again, what does this unification look like? It looks like a new America. It looks like one we haven't seen before. It looks like the very people that are saying that we need to go back don't want. It looks like equality, equal opportunity, power sharing. Y'all have heard a lot of that coming from me, power sharing. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. New community policing and so forth. Something we have not seen yet. And again, the next question is, how will this happen? How will it happen? Who will lead us? If you notice, the majority of Executive orders that President Biden has signed are federal responses to local problems. If we want a shot at some form of unity, it starts and ends on the local level. You might say, well, hold on now. What are you talking about? Biden's Biden's doing some good things. I have nothing. I have no problem with how this president has started out. But let me be clear. Everybody starts at the same line when you run the race. Everybody. Everybody starts. It's not how you start. It's how you run your race and how you finish your race. So, yes, the start is great. I'm gonna, I give you A plus for that. But I'm not concerned about start because many have started out well. I want to know how you're going to run it and also how you're going to finish. And when you finish in, in this instance, I'm talking about Mr. Biden, things better be well improved in black and brown communities. But let me give you an example of why I say it starts and ends on the local level. Okay. Remember that uh, Brown versus board of education. Remember that uh, Supreme Court decision that desegregated the schools? Why? Why? So that blacks could have access to education and also so that you could have this connectiveness between races, right? To bring equality and bring people together across racial lines. Now, today, our schools are more segregated than ever. And even when you have a small segment of diverse peoples 
whether it's in a company, whether it's in, in school, whether it doesn't matter what happens. They stick together. They stick together, therefore, keeping the walls of misunderstanding up. You see, unification goes beyond an executive order or law. This is about the condition of one's heart, one's character, one's worldview, and one's sense of morality. This is about what does it mean to be human and to be treated and respected as a human being born of a mother with the same rights as anyone born of a mother. Um, Can America do this? Mm. This has a lot to do with a person's ability to empathize with others. One must approach their own ignorance and prejudices of others. One must confront the injustice right before their eyes. Mm. Can Americans do this? Of course they cannot. Can I get an amen? <laughs> we can't do this. The, there's a reason why we are still dealing with the skin color of an individual in this country is because we are incapable. We are truly incapable up to this point of looking beyond the pigment of one's skin. Liza says, I understand the pandemic is the number one topic in the country, but it does. But does it seem the media has stopped focusing on racism, plaguing the world? Of course they have. Of course they have. And that speaks to what I'm just going to describe right now. Most Americans run from the truth. They deny the truth. They are gullible and accept the narrative that is most comfortable to them. You see, talking about racism and dealing with the problems that stew from that is this. It's painful. It makes you look not only at yourself, but at others. It unearths the hate. The bigotry, the violence. Yeah, racism equals violence. So it's painful. It's much easier to put it on the back burner. It's much easier to do that. Most Americans are gullible. They are. And they have short memories. I mean, we, 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 we're, we are a country, and I have always said this, and I, let me just toss this in there. Folks know I was in the Navy for 13 years, so I gave 13 years of my life. I think I can criticize this country. So you find here that Americans, they're, 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 they want to move past it. They don't have the capacity for the long haul. That has been my worry when it comes to the woke generation. Because some of us have been in this struggle for decades. Some of us have been standing on the mountaintop yelling year after year to now what you, you realize. To some degree. But even that realization 
is overpowering to you. So you have to step away. Oh, it's too much. I can't deal with it. Well, black and brown folks been dealing with this for how long? A very long time. You see, um, throughout the years, some of my many, many white brothers and sisters have told me that police brutality wasn't a thing. They would justify these killings. They would say, you know, hey, Michael, just if he, if he hadn't ran or if he had just cooperated, right? Mm. Yet there was George Floyd, Brother Floyd, executed, executed before our very eyes. Only to finally see white America. What we have been telling you for generations. You see, it is painful. It is painful. And while unification sounds good and it's tempting. Oh, man, it's tempting. It's tempting to to envision a world where these Trump supporters walk hand in hand with us. The line is drawn. There is no choice. You can be naive and place your energy into this idea of trying to unify yourself with white nationalists and white supremacists. And the privileged kind that, that refuse to see the truth of our reality. You can be naive and do that. But let me tell you something. Nothing will change. It is completely hyperbole and foolish. The quest for unity is a way of not addressing our deep-seated division. Yep, Doreen, that's correct. The whole world watched him die. Outrage all over the world. Outrage. Was black folks outraged? No, not really. Maybe outrage is how brazen this guy was. But truly not outrage. Because we've seen our brothers and sisters die. Choked out. Shot. Shot in the back, like Walter Scott in South Carolina. Lando Christille shot in the car with his girlfriend and baby. We've seen it. We've seen the horrors. We are well aware of history and how history has been a violent one for black and brown people. Folks, Unity or results. Which one we going to do? Which one? Hmm? Because we don't have the energy. We do not have the energy to do both. Folks, we're going to take a break. We're going to get deep, deeper, I should say. I think we got deep a little bit. But we're going to go a little bit deeper into this. We got to. We got to. If we don't do it, who will? We need 
to approach this in a way that this is our last opportunity. Hang in there. I'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Owens, host of the One Mike, One Voice show. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners all across the globe. Thank you for your undivided attention and for your conversation. You can catch us every Sunday on YouTube, 1230 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can also catch us on Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, on any one of those lovely, wonderful podcasting platforms you love to listen to. Please always remember, you can change the world. It's your choice. Welcome back. You can change the world. <laughs> it's your choice. But we all got to make that choice. A one man, a woman can shake up the world. Mother Teresa, Dr. King, Gandhi, Malcolm X. The list goes on and on. But together. But together is where our victory resides. Kicking the can down the road. That's simply what this talk of unification is. It just wastes our energy. No, we cannot unify this country. I argue that our energies must be used toward getting results. The results that we need in order to change this country into a country for all its inhabitants. If you learn nothing from the last four years, I hope you have learned this, that this is not a country for everyone. When you have people trying to overthrow an election, trying to prevent the voices of the collective, that should tell you that their view is that this country It's not for everyone. When you look at immigration and what has happened over the last four years, while kids are still in cages right now, you should be convinced that it's not a country for everyone. It's all about results, folks. And these results are not only on the national level. We can't get comfortable with what President Biden is doing. He is limited in his ability to bring change. He is part of a co-equal branch of government, meaning that Congress, meaning the House and the Senate, have just as much power. And in some cases, the Senate has more power. And then the Supreme Court has ultimate power. 
So we can't look to Biden and wait for Biden to bring change. We need to hold him accountable to the things in which he said he would do. But if we sit back and allow for Biden to be our personal savior, we will be in a worse position two, four years from now. Remember I said change starts and ends on the local level. I see all these uh, cabinet selections that President Biden has made, this diverse group of people, the inclusion of people, the, the first this and the first that. Is that happening on your local level? Are more black and brown people, LGBTQ people, getting into leadership? I would say no. Are local leaders even thinking about that? I would say no. So we could change on the federal level or try to implement, let me say that, change. Because there's, there's, he, he's up against all types of resistance, right? What is that QAnon conspiracy lady already trying to introduce um, uh, impeachment uh, paperwork on Joe Biden. He's been in office. How long? It was his second day. That's just sent a message of no cooperation. But on the local level, what do we have? Hmm? I would say that the most important results will be achieved on the local level. Progress will be measured on the local level by what? by how lives change for the better or the worse. We have to understand that, yes, why we have changed the administration, why the Senate has flipped with Kamala's vote, her, her deciding vote, Vice President Harris, give her respect. What has changed for us? What has changed for us? Do you not think that some black or brown person had been killed by the police officers? It ain't, it's just not been reported. It has not ceased. What has changed for us? That's how we measure it. Not by an executive order. Not by a diversified cabinet. No. By why not the least among us lives improve or not. I'm going to give you five things, five things. Just hang in with me a little while longer. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go too long today. Five things. We will get results when the language, this is the number one, when the language of change translates into concrete actions. And let me, let me, let me, let me context this by saying, this following statements. We don't want to hear about diversity and inclusion. We don't want to hear the words police reform. We don't want to hear about the one black or brown person that you hired or promoted. We don't want to be, huh? The ones that are always on the listening in. We want to be the ones with the power. Remember, I said I was going to come back to sharing power now. 
listen, our white brothers and sisters, it's time for you to share power. You've had it. It's been your reign. You've been in charge. You've made the decisions that affect our lives. It's not that we're not qualified to be in charge. It's not that we're not educated. We have the education. We have the degrees. It's not that we have not been successful. We have a track record of being successful. The problem is you will not release or share power. The problem is not with us. It's like Ellison said, I'm invisible simply because you choose not to see me. The problem is not with me. I'm visible. But the problem is with you. And until our white brothers and sisters in power decide that, listen, this doesn't belong to me. I'm not entitled to this. This belongs to us all. And until we have that level of power sharing, no change will come. None will come. We want to be the ones with the power to address and to implement, get this, diversity and inclusion. This is what kills me. And again, I don't, I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm, I'm being analytical. How can, how, how can our white brothers and sisters lead diversity training? How can they do that? They're, they're not in that group. How can you stand up there and tell me what diverse policies are best when you're not a diverse person? When you are a privileged person? I don't and and then these groups that 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 want to work in the black community and in uh and in in their whole existence is 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 based upon black suffering and black oppression they create their whole vision to help black people but when you look at their board directors, there's no black people on it. When you look at their staff, you might find one black person way down the chain of command. But you make your living off of our oppression. You see how painful it is? You see how difficult it is to begin to have these conversations? Yeah, it's painful. But we will not heal. We will not move forward unless we deal with the pain. That was number one. We want to implement the way community policing should happen. Why? Because our communities are the ones that are over-policed. So we shouldn't have no say-so in that. We should not be making decisions about that. But no, you want to put together a task force that you in charge of. Shame on you. Step away. You've had 401 years. And what has become of it? Look at our country. We almost had an insurrection. Clearly, you can see the logic in moving aside and letting us. 
letting us make those decisions. Mm. Elijah said, how do we get more whites to empower minorities? They simply have to move away. Get out of the way. And I'll give you a prime example. There, there, there are some folks out here that, um, that get it. Our white brothers and sisters, I know many of them personally, that get it. That see it, that understand it, and that work on behalf of trying to bring some sort of equality. But this is what I say to them. You shouldn't lead those initiatives, right? If you have resources, give your resources to an organization. Strengthen an organization that's already working in this area. Get behind those organizations. Support those organizations with your money, with your time, but not with your leadership. The problem is, is that too many of our white brothers and sisters want to lead. They want to control the process. They want to determine what the initiative is. No, that's the old way. That's got us here. That's got the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. That's what that's got. So my answer to that is get out of the way. Stay involved, support, but don't lead. Empower, encourage, stand beside, but not in front. Too many of you are in front when you should either be aside or in back. If we want a new America. Number two, we will get results when black history is taught as American history. Now, some of you know next month, Black History Month. Oh, man, it's all things black, right? That one month, that shortest month of the year. Uh, and they, folks oppose that. You, you do know that. Folks oppose Black History Month. So, okay, again, talk about unification. So, Black History Month. All right. Why do we need a Black History Month? We need it because our history has been denied. Our history has been shelved. It's been written by those who are not black. Well, we got historians. I mean, I, I encourage everybody to read um, W.E.B. Du Bois' uh, Reconstruction. It's revisionist history. He told it from a black perspective. There we have historians. We have Dr. West. We have Dr. Gates. You know, we have uh, Dr. Dyson. You know, we, we, we have historians. But why a month? The month is because you won't include it. So we had to force ourselves in a position where we could get some of you to listen. That's why we have Black History Month. If it was being taught like it should be as American history, how can you teach American history and not teach about the atrocities of slavery? And how not just the atrocities, but how slavery built this country. Not only its buildings, but its wealth. How can you not do that? Hmm? I don't know. How can you talk about race in America? We're not talking about the 1921 race massacre in Tulsa. How can you do that? It needs to be taught. 
at the earliest ages, woven into its true spot in American history, the atrocities and everything else that comes along with it. It should be a requirement on the academic level. You should not be able to graduate from any university without taking two classes, one on Native American history and one on black history. Yeah. You should not even be allowed to put that degree in your hand until you have learned true American history. Why? Because then, if we want to change our young white babies need to know the truth. They've been lied to. White kids have been lied to. That's why when they become adults, they don't know. That's why they have to become woke. Why do you have to become woke if you already are woke? Because you were denied the truth. And you should be angry about that. You should be outraged about that. You should be talking to your local school boards, your local school districts, your teachers. You should be outraged that your child is being lied to and robbed. And what happens? They grow up not even understanding their privilege. And some of them just deny it exists. But then there's that person with a sense of morality. Yeah, a sense of humanity, a sense of self that discovers they've been lied to. They say, uh-uh, uh-uh, this is wrong. And then they say, now nah, I'm woke. The very fact that you had to get woke is a problem. That's why it is so important. Do do not dismiss this as just some simple truth I'm trying to deliver to you today. Black history must be taught. And if you paid a decent salary and gave teachers what they deserve to get, that shows them how much we value them, get this, you have some black and brown teachers in there. I mean, salary's not everything, but you know what? It's 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 got it's it's part of the equation. That's number two. Number three, we will get results when cities create minority. Get this. Some of you might not understand this, but when we create minority community development corporations, what can a community development corporation do? It can rebuild a community economically not through not just housing but businesses you have them in cities but they don't they're not in a black community you find sprinkled throughout i think detroit has one which is very vibrant which is rebuilding detroit's infrastructure in the in the black community doing some great things up there but normally you don't have those you, we need a community development community in every black community in the United States. And we should have access to community block grant funding, just like those other organizations who are not run by black people. Why? It's only fair. 
Why? 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 <laughs> the time is up for black folks to continue to ask our white brothers and sisters, can we have something? When we are capable of making those decisions for ourselves. The time is up. But then you got to share power, though. You got to let go of it. You see, the illusion has been it was it's been yours all alone. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to you. You just took it. And in most cases, you took it by force. The native people didn't want to leave their land, but you took it. You took it by force. The Africans didn't want to be enslaved, but you took them. You took them by force. We didn't want to use the, the, a different bathroom or sit in the back of the bus or go to the back to get our food, but you forced us to. This is the truth. Am I, am, I, am I lying? Am I not telling the truth? The ring said, yes, it needs to be taught native and black history. Am I, am I not telling the truth? But it's painful. I get that. I get that. But, but when you think, listen, my white brothers and sisters, when you think it is painful for you, think about how painful and traumatic it has been for us. We have been trying to tell you. Dr. King tried to tell you. Master X tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. That's why I'm trying to tell you. As I said when I started out, I'm not saying anything that has not been said before. I'm an echo. I'm in voice. Isn't that what John said? I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. That was number three. Number four. I only got five of them, so I'm almost done. We will get results when mayors, I didn't say governors. There's a reason why I didn't say governors. Mayors across the country declare white supremacy a local health crisis. Mm. Linda says, yes, you're telling the truth. I appreciate it. At least somebody listening. <laughs> when mayors across this country declare white supremacy a health crisis, just like slavery. I mean, just like racism. A health crisis. When mayors across this country bring white, black, brown, Asians, etc., business leaders, social justice leaders, nonprofit leaders together to learn about white supremacy in our society, because many don't, re- many, many think that white supremacy is simply what we saw in Charlottesville. No, it's not. White supremacy is anytime you elevate a white person over someone else simply because they're white. That's white supremacy. White supremacy is at work is when I, I, I'm hiring people and I see names and they, they seem to be black names and I just throw them to the side. That's white supremacy. We need to understand what white supremacy is. White supremacy is the cop that pulls over a black man. And kills him and pulls over a white man and the white man's got a gun and he takes him to jail. That's white supremacy. White supremacy is anytime you have a benefit or favor above someone else simply because of the color of your skin. So bring them together. 
to learn about white supremacy, but then to design strategies to defeat white supremacy in their city. How many mayors are going to stand up and say, we're going to defeat white supremacy here? I'm the mayor of this great city. Yes, we have issues, but I guarantee you one thing. When I'm done with it, white supremacy will not be one of them. Then you will see results. But as long as we put together a little committee here and we attend a little event here, you know, we, 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 we take from photos here. Or we reach out to a few black leaders and build relationships. Nothing will change. Kicking a can down the road. And we'll look up two years, four years from now, and it will be worse. It's not going to get, listen, let me say this. If we do nothing, it will get worse. It will not stay the same. It will not get better. It will get worse. Mark my words on that. Number five. We will get results when we, all of good conscience and those who value the humanity of others, oppose the forces that seek to prevent the rise of the new America. We will isolate them to the corners of our society when we stand up in concert against hate, racism, discrimination, xenophobia, sexism, and the like. It doesn't matter. And this is where it becomes so hard. And I understand how difficult this can be. But it becomes so hard when you have to stand up against your significant other. Against your parents, your friends. Not so hard against a local official or congressional leader. But what about against your pastor or your priest? Yeah, it becomes hard then. It becomes difficult then. Standing up is not, um, it's not easy. You ever been a whistleblower? Yeah, been there, done that. Usually crucified for it. But I wouldn't change it. Because it's the right thing to do. We will see results when we stand up. When it doesn't matter. We must stand up against them. And if we do, we will clear a path, folks. For equality, justice, reparations, accountability. And truly lay down a landscape where everyone can live without fear. Are you comfortable with a segment of this population living in fear? Are you comfortable with a segment of our population going to bed hungry every night? Are you comfortable with the mothers that have lost their children and every day they're living with the aftermath of that? Are you comfortable Hmm. with the homeless? Hmm. Are you comfortable with the least among us 
suffering more and more each and every day. But your life seems to be going great. Are you comfortable? You see, the only way things will begin to change is when you are uncomfortable. That's what this conversation is about. I mean, the great architects of change will tell you nobody wants to change until things get uncomfortable. As we used to say in the Navy, if you want to change things, you have to make waves. (laughs) Ships got to get a little rocky. You see, unity or results. We should want results. Unity is just, it's a foolish concept. It's a foolish concept. With those who oppose the new America. But with results, they, it will not come easy. It will be painful. It will be difficult. You will lose friends. Might even lose relatives. But doesn't doesn't those hurting, aren't they worthy of that? Aren't they worthy of someone speaking for them because they don't have a voice? Aren't they worthy of the promises of the Constitution in which they pledge as a citizen to uphold? Aren't they worthy of not living in fear every time they're pulled over by a police officer? Aren't they worthy of that? New movements. Get out of the way. I like that, Eliza. You see, Give up on that unity thing, folks. Now, I know I'm going to get some criticism this week. I always get criticism, and that's okay. But what I want is results. I want people's lives to be improved. I want people to have access to health care, equal access to health care. I want people to have equal access to education. I want to see in America where everybody is treated equally, fairly. This is the new America I'm talking about. This is the opportunity we have if we get out of the sandbox and stop playing with things like unity. Let's get in the vehicle and start talking about how do we arrive at results. Because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. We can be the change that's in our lives. Uh.
Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. Take a moment and subscribe and share. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platform. Thank you for your continued support and for your voice. You can change the world. It's your choice. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Mic, One Voice show are not the views, thoughts, and opinions of our sponsors.